0: Good morning, our sermon today and our worship is focused on spiritual focus, always loved. From Romans chapter 8 verses 38 to 39 we hear, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither the height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This text is one I've pondered on for many times. It's one I've come back to from time to time. Sometimes I've asked the question of, is it really true? Well, today we're going to explore why it's important to live a life with a spiritual focus that we're always loved by God. If I think about how some people who don't have a relationship with God view God, they often have things like God doesn't always love them or they couldn't dare come back to church because of all the sins They've committed and what might happen that God might smite them down. In fact, a number of years ago, I had a gentleman who um, would regularly come to church. And when I say regularly come to church, he'd come every time there was a wedding, a funeral or a baptism. And that was his three ways of coming. times he'd come to church. And he was interested in Christianity and he said, oh, I believe in God, but I'm not too keen on coming back to church or getting close to God because he's going to smite me or the roof will fall in because of who I am and what I've done. That's a real misconception of who God is, if we look at scriptures closely. Because our message today and our reading from Romans chapter 8 reminds us that God is always loving us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of your love that you have for us. And as we gather together for worship today, we pray that your Holy Spirit speaks to our spirit, that your Holy Spirit reorientates us to your way of thinking, to have a a greater understanding of you, to get to know who you are and what it means to be your disciples, people who always love. Lord, help us to live with this focus. May your spirit bring peace to us. And may you help us understand your love even more today. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. In beginning our sermon, I invite you to think about two questions, two questions to ponder, not just during the sermon, but two questions I would say are worth pondering um, through life. First question is, how does the promise that God is always loving you affect how you live now and for the future? How does the promise that God is always loving you affect how you live now and for the future? Some years ago when I was reading Exodus and I was going through the story of Exodus, you get to see that God has saved these people from slavery and was taking them into the promised land. However, some of the people had forgotten how much God had loved them and all what he'd done for them. And about a part of the way through, they started grumbling because there wasn't enough food. Life was a bit tough. And they actually said... Moses, why have you led us out here? Let us go back and be slaves back in Egypt. And when I read that, it reminded me of how sometimes we live, that we forget that God is always loving us, especially when we encounter those difficult times. And so I invite you to think about that. How does the promise that God is always loving you affect how you live now and for the future? You see, for Moses, he held on to that love and he continued persevering until God got it to the promised land, even though it took 40 years. The second question I invite you to ponder on and think about is, what does it mean that God is loving you regardless of your circumstances? What does it mean that God is loving you regardless of your circumstances? Before we dive deeper into our reading from Romans 8 today, there is two things I want to talk about in to help us orientate our thinking towards God's love, the way God sees love. The first is this. Christian love is always created and initiated by God. When you talk about Christian love, it's not about us loving God first. It's about God loving us. Listen to 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. This is love, not that we love God, but but he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. It's important to keep this in mind, that it's really about God is always the one creating love and initiating love. The second thing to keep in mind when we think about God's love... Is God's love is not because we deserve it. God doesn't love us because we deserve it, because we look right, because we've got the money, we're from the right family. He doesn't love us because we've done the right things. It's not about what we've done or who we are first that gets us to be loved by God. Most people, when they talk about love from a human perspective, they love people because they look right, They've got the right personality. They say the right things. They do the right things. God's love is somewhat different and even better than that approach to love. God's love is because he created us and we need his love. So God's love is not because we deserve it, but because he created us and we need his love. From Romans chapter 5, verses 6 and 8 we hear, you see at just the right time, When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And so those two points about God's love are important. Christian love is always created and initiated by God. And God's love is not because we deserve it, but because he created us and we need his love. And so as we look at Romans 8, that's important to keep in mind that that these two things are at play, that God's love is about what he's doing for us and it's not about that we've done anything, we look right, we've got the right things in place, so he loves us. He loves us regardless. And if you want to think of a story that kind of highlights God's love this way, think of the prodigal son. That prodigal son had abused his father, taken the inheritance, wanted his father dead. He'd gone and wasted his father's money, the inheritance money. And the son recognised that he had nowhere else to go but back to his father. And when he did that, he just wanted to go back and be a servant. But what happened was the father came running out grabbed him and embraced him and chucked a party for him because of how much he loved his son. That story that Jesus tells is a story to help us to see what God's love is about. And it's important to keep in mind, and this is our focus today, that God is always loving us. He never gives up loving you, me, or anybody else. So take a moment to think for a second. Just take a moment to think for a second about the people in your life, all of the people, not just the people you like, but all the people, and think about what it means that God is always at work wanting to love them, to show them love. It doesn't mean everyone's going to accept that love. It doesn't mean everyone's going to recognize that love. And some people may find God's love, not what they want. But it does mean that God has never given up on anyone. And so as we look at Romans 8, our reading for today, we're going to unpack and look at a number of areas, what it means that and how it affects us that God is always loving us. And the first is this, when God is always loving us, God is at work helping us in our weaknesses. From verse 26 we hear, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through the wordless groans. Most of us don't like thinking about, let alone talking about our weaknesses. But as Christians, let us remember we all have weaknesses. We all have flaws. We all have things that are not quite right. And often we'll try to cover up our weaknesses, particularly to other people, because we don't want them to know in case they use them against us. But God is different. God is helping you in your weaknesses. And especially here, he's talking about he's going to help you in your weakness of what to say to God, to pray to God. So here's two things to think about. How is that God at work in your weakness? If you think about it this way, often we can see God at work when we're most vulnerable, when we're weak. We can see how God has helped us. We can see how God has provided for us. And probably the the best scenario is we know now from reading scripture that we can't save ourselves, that we are weak in that area. But God has helped us by sending us Jesus. But God continues to help us in our weakness. If I think of my own life, there are things that I'm not as good at doing as other people. And God has placed people in my life who have provided me with help and assistance. And sometimes when I've actually been weak, as in ill, he's placed people in my life to help me. I'd encourage you to think about this Look at your weaknesses and look how God has been helping and at least trying to help you in your weaknesses. The second thing is when you're not sure to pray, don't not pray but spend some time just in silence. Spend some time with God and be honest. Tell him you're not quite sure what to pray. But this is what's on your mind. You're not quite sure of the words. And there's been a number of ways that, this passage has been interpreted both with the same result that Jesus prays on our behalf or the, the spirit of Jesus prays on our behalf. And those two ways is we're not quite sure what to pray for. And there's been times where as a pastor where I haven't had those words, what to pray for, for a situation. But there's also times where we want to pray for something but we just haven't had the exact words to put together. God will help us in both of those. Remember, when you pray, you're not talking to an English examiner. You're not talking to somebody who's going to pick all the faults, the theological faults in your prayers. You're talking to your loving Heavenly Father, the one who knows that you need his help, the one who is prepared to love you and help you. So when you're not sure what to pray, spend some time in silence. Spend some time with God. Just share ever on your mind, and ask him to either give you the words or to hear the words that you need. Because remember, God is at work helping us in our weaknesses. Sometimes our weaknesses, as we saw, we, we see with Paul, never disappear. Paul had this weakness, this thorn in the flesh, and instead of God taking it away, he he Paul had to live with it and minister with it. And that could be sometimes in our life, our weaknesses, that God won't take it away from us, but he'll be with us and helping us with that weakness and to live with that weakness. The second thing a spiritual focus does where we're always loved by God is we see God is at work making some good out of every situation we face. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I don't want you to misunderstand this passage, that everything bad that happens in our life, really God has something good. It was really ha- there to happen for something good. Here's the deal. God doesn't do the bad stuff in our life. The bad stuff happens because of sin in the world. The bad stuff happens In the world because it's not perfect. But even so, when bad stuff happens, God will be there with us. He'll help us through those difficult times. But often we'll see, particularly in hindsight, that some of the good that's happened out of those bad things. I've encountered numerous situations which have been quite terrible. Very sad for people. There have been ma- sad milestones in people's lives. And yet, I've also seen when those sad milestones happen, that some good things have happened. People have come into people's lives to help them. And in some cases, have actually got to know Jesus and started to really take seriously how much God loved them. So think about this. Look at your life and think about in everything you're involved in, reflect on what is the good that God is doing. You see, God is at work in everything, not just the bad, but also the good. And sometimes when good things are happening in our life, we over we miss that God is at work. There are some missionaries who actually say one of the problems in many of the Western world is that people have it too good and they think they don't need God because they've got everything they need. Because when you look at some of the the poorer societies, there's a stronger reliance on God because they haven't got what they need. They recognise they need God. Well, the truth is everything good in our life is a gift from God, as James reminds us. And so I encourage you to think about this question in everything you're involved in, reflect on what is the good God is doing. How is God's love and care been shown? One thing that comes to mind during this COVID situation is that quite a number of times I've encountered people who have gone out of their way to help others. They've had grace for people as they haven't been judgmental, but they've also gone out of their way and said, if anyone needs help, let me know, I'll help them. I'll provide for them. The second thing is that I'd encourage you to do this. is Think about all your situations you're involved in. And pray about every situation. Pray to God thanking him for where he's at work. Pray to God asking him, asking to help you see how he's at work, but also how he might be inviting you to be part of his work. But also pray to God confessing where you've taken him for granted in some of the situations in your life. Because a spiritual focus where we always see that we're loved by God means that God is at work making some good out of every situation. The third point that's important to remember is this, is that if we're always loved by God, that God is not condemning us. And I should say not condemning us or others, but he's loving and acting on our behalf. Now remember the Romans who Paul is writing to, they're going through major persecution. Things are not going well for them in society. They're being attacked, as I said last week. They're being attacked because they are Christians, because they have this Christian faith. They're refusing to worship the Roman leaders and they're refusing to follow the Jewish traditional faith of the law. And so they're under this attack and so it would be natural to think they're being condemned by God. And some people were probably saying, see, your God doesn't love you. You're going to hell. But here's Paul writing to them and saying, God is not condemning you, but he's loving and acting on your behalf. Listen to verses 33 to 34. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. You see, God goes about life, came into this world, not to condemn us, but to save us, as John chapter 3, 16 to 17 reminds us. And there's another story that comes to mind that helps us see this and it's the way Jesus interacts with people and one of those stories is the story of Zacchaeus from Luke chapter 19 I invite you to listen to this story Jesus entered Jericho on his passing through a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus he was a chief tax collector now remember tax collectors didn't have the best reputation they were seen as sinners they were seen as thieves but So he was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy, kind of pointing to that he'd been ripping a lot of people off. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. Because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Now, the interesting thing I find about this story that highlights how God is always at work loving us is the way Jesus responds to Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus is up in the tree, and when Jesus sees him, he says, Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. It's an invite, I want to get to know you, I want to spend time with you, I want you to discover more about me. That's really what's going on here. Jesus is giving Zacchaeus the opportunity to discover that he is loved by God. Now, if some Christians had written this story, or some people had written this story, what they may have said in this part, instead of Zacchaeus come down immediately... They may have liked to hear Jesus say, Zacchaeus, you're a bad person. You've ripped off all these people. You're a sinner. You must do this. You must pay back these people. But that's not the way God went about interacting with Zacchaeus the sinner. The way God went about interacting with Zacchaeus was a way that showed him he was loved and valued by God. He spent time with Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus responded to that love that God has in a way which meant he gave away to help the people who were in need. And it wasn't the actions of giving the money away that many he was saved, but they showed that he had loved Jesus and that he had understood how much God loved him. And so I encourage you to think about this story and other stories where it highlights how much God loves people. And he's not about going first off to condemn people but to actually show them that they're loved and this brings us to the last point which is to do with which is related to the opening verses which is God does not want to be separated from us he doesn't want to be separated from you for I'm convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither present nor the future nor any powers neither height nor that, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. This passage is important for us to remember from our perspective, that as followers of Jesus, no matter what's happening in our lives, God hasn't deserted us. Sometimes God is very clearly at work helping us, but there are other times where life mightn't be going that good, And if you think about the stories of Jesus, you think about the stories of some of the disciples, you think about Paul's missionary journeys where some of the times, even though he's doing the work of God, he's being locked up and beaten. Being a Christian is not always a guarantee that life is going to go well. But being a Christian is a guarantee that God is always loving you, loving you in such a way that you have an eternal future. important for us as we live our life to do this is to live with the truth you are always loved by God no matter what's happening and recognising that Christian history reminds us that Christians will be under persecution not because God doesn't love them but because the world doesn't love them and doesn't love God and Christians will be always under persecution Because our true home is not here. Our true home is with Jesus eternally. And so let's live with the truth that we're always loved by God. God is always loving you. And not only that, he's also working for you. Because God's love is the love that guarantees eternity. And that's what the purpose of whole of Romans 8 is to the Romans and to us is to keep being reminded that God is always at work loving us. But most importantly, this love is not about making our life on this earth more comfortable, but it's about securing our salvation, a life with God forever. And so I leave you with one question to think about. If that's the case, that God is always loving you, how might we help others discover they too are always loved by God? probably means acting like Jesus did to Zacchaeus. Showing God's love up front. Spending time with people. And helping them see that God's not about condemning them, but about loving them. Go with God's love and go with God's peace. Amen. Gracious Father, we thank you for the love you have for us. May we always remember that we are loved by you, no matter what's happening in our life. When we're going through difficult times, and especially be with those people now who are going through difficult times, help them to see that you are at work loving them, doing things, maybe even creating new opportunities for them. Well, we also pray that you help us to help others to see that they are too always loved by you. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.